I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you, gentlemen. Welcome to uh, welcome to the morning zoo. <laughs> hey, how's it going, everybody? This is like uh, a Steve Martin in uh, L.A. story. <laughs> it's like the, the wacky weekend weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such as it is. Uh, how, how are your movie lives uh, this morning, Andy, Steve? You know, I just scared myself to death last night with it so I'm still recuperating I, I want to hear all about it from you because i will likely not see it oh but i think you should this is would be it, a great conversation you... to have with the knights who say knee <laughs> <laughs> okay now do you think i should because you like to to torture uh, those no. of us who aren't crazy about these movies or because it's legitimately a good film well are, are you a stephen king fan i mean of his you know general catalog well, uh, of the stories, 
okay. Uh, yeah. I've, right. I, I've, I've read more of the books and uh, I, I, mean, I should say I've, I've, I have not read all of the books. I haven't read, well, no. not okay. even close. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but those that I have read, I enjoyed. Uh, and I have generally not liked many of the adaptations. Well, I think everybody knows that that's it's one fair, of those things. Right? Yeah, it's, it's fair. But so then you, you know how it, his style, his relationship to his readers, and his ability to really, you know, get into characters and tell us a lot about these people. And that gets lost in the film translations a lot. There's so much in there that's right. about characters and backstory and the history of towns. And this film, because they took just half of the book, which is like 1,100 pages. So even if you're dealing with half of that, it's still way too much for a movie. But what they did keep was, sure, the scary parts with Pennywise the Clown, but I think they did a really nice job of being able to focus on the kids and the town and the character piece. And I walked out of this thinking, oh my gosh, I sort of wish this wasn't R because the stuff with the kids reminded me of like Stand By Me and the Goonies. They're such a great fun group of kids that the interactions between them are just perfect spot on like teenagers and it's it's moved up from being set in the 50s to like 1988 89 so lots of sort of cultural touchstones for you know gen xers just made it a lot of fun and you you transition very quickly from laughing with these kids and they're sort of, you know, bickering and cursing at each other. And all of a sudden there's a clown just scaring the pants off of you. Just made it a lot of fun. It, I didn't have the over the trailers focus so much on the scary part that it feels like this is you're going to get two hours of like dread and horror. And that's not the case. It's a really well-balanced, well-paced film that was a fun journey. I'm actually really gratified to hear that because I, you're right. The trailers don't do it justice and, or don't do that part of it justice, you know, and I, what I really want out of it is more stranger things. Is the clown, is the scary clown thing played out? Like, I mean, was it worth it? Was it good scare? Oh yeah, I, I think so. I think they yeah. managed to find ways to sort of ratchet it up a little bit. And that's sort of the, the problem with a, when you're working with material that's, you know, source material that's 30 years old, you know, so many people sure. have, you know, done, you know, their knockoffs of this that, you know, that's one of my fears is that a younger audience that isn't familiar with the book is going to come to this and say like, oh yeah, well, I've seen this done before. Well, yeah, of course you did, because this is the one that really established those tropes, you know, in the novel. Well, and, and Tim Curry was so stinking scary as Pennywise in the TV adaptation. I never saw that one because I just, you know, it was so soon after the novel came out and I thought you can't, there's no way you can do this justice in, in TV. I just thought, why sanitize King down so much? Because there's so much grit to what he does between the the way the kids talk to each other. I mean, there's just so much swearing well, from pretty, these kids. Pretty salty. Yes. But to that end, it's a longer project. So they were yeah. able to kind of expand the stories of all the different characters and give you more of that meat that you say that they oh. cut out so often in the King stories. And I think that's why sometimes yeah. he ends up getting adapted to these TV miniseries because they say, Hey, well, instead of a two hour movie, let's make it a 10 hour miniseries. And that right. gives us that much more to put into it. Sure. 
Yeah, no, I and and you know it's funny when I think about it. Like the things that I have most fun watching of Stephen King, the things that have scared me the most, that stick with me the most, they're the the TV uh, adaptations. Uh, you know, I think I, I'm not crazy about Under the Dome, the the TV show, but it, it wasn't unfun, uh, and and I really enjoyed Haven. Uh, I thought that was a that was a hoot, um, right. yeah. and of course Salem's Lot uh, was legendarily not made for cinema <laughs> I, I just as a reminder stand by me was our <laughs> oh yeah oh, oh. I, I yeah I, oh, I know it was yeah it's just yeah just saying that's <laughs> you haven't seen, you, you didn't go out to see yeah. it last night andy I, I, is that right yeah. no i didn't you haven't seen it yeah that's gonna screw people up have you seen it yet <laughs> <laughs> See? Oh, you said it again. You said it again. Uh, did either of you have you looked out your front doors? Have, have you seen any red balloons floating in your grates? Because I've been I was on oh. Facebook this morning, and a number of friends reported that idiots are hanging, hanging balloons from grates, and it's terrifying the neighbors. So that's awesome. Doing exactly what it should do. You know, I heard the Alamo Draft House though did an all clown screening where to go to it, you had to come dressed as a clown. Yeah. I thought that was possibly one of the most frightening yet uh, enjoyable things to hear about a form of cosplay. Oh, my gosh. It's so much better than the all Scream mask showings of Scream, like Scream 2 or 3. I don't remember which one it was. It was the one with the where everybody dressed up in Scream outfits in the movie, the, the right. whole meta thing. Yeah, oh, it was wow. terrible. Yeah. Uh, what else we have going on today? That's a great question. Take <laughs> it, Andy. I closed my tab. I don't know what we're supposed to talk about next. Well, why don't we kick off our trailers then yeah. and, and talk trailers? And I'm going to go first since it ties directly into Stephen King. All right. Um, Gerald's Game, the uh, not Jerry's Game, the Pixar short about an old man playing chess. <laughs> totally different. Oh, don't let your don't kids know. get this one. Andy, maybe this is that great trailer that actually doesn't give away the fact that it's actually an old man playing trailer or playing chess. <laughs> Maybe it's all in Carla Gugino's mind. That's <laughs> He's just brilliant. out of frame. He's just out of frame. The reverse shot is actually Jerry playing chess. He's right by the window. You never see him in the trailer. I love it. He's so mean. She's handcuffed the whole time. And he's just sitting there trying to win. Watching. He's such a perv. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Gerald's Game, another Stephen King adaptation uh, by Mike Flanagan. Uh Written by Mike Flanagan and Jeff Howard. This one is, yeah, as uh, Pete alluded to, Carla Gugino is handcuffed to a bed. She and her husband uh, go off to kind of a weekend uh, cabin to kind of catch up on their their marriage and their their life together. And and he handcuffs her to the bed to play a little sex game. And uh, then he <laughs> proceeds to have a heart attack and die, leaving her handcuffed <laughs> to the bed. Um, this was one of those books. I remember when it came out, I remember the synopsis and I was like, that's really intriguing. I never ended up reading it. I kind of always thought it'd be an interesting read, but I just never got around to it. But I was like, God, they're making that into a movie. That's an interesting one. Cause I, I didn't realize how much of it probably takes place in her mind as she's trying to figure out what, what to do. And, uh, sure enough, you get a lot of, um, things coming to life in her mind, her husband talking to her things from her past, her child self coming back. And then, of course, there's this dog that finds its way into its house. And I believe in the book, I recall that it eats her husband and uh, then wants to you know, start eating her too. So I don't know if it's a rabbit dog or what, but um, it just, you know, Mike Flanagan uh, directed um, 
uh, Hush, which I thought was a really interesting horror film last year about the uh, the deaf woman who's who's kind of again isolated and trapped by this crazy killer. He also did Ouija Origin of Evil, which I didn't see but I heard was really interesting. And so, I mean, he's a he's a director I think has an interesting touch, and so I'm definitely looking forward to what he does with uh, this King project here. What do you guys think? I don't know if it's for me. <laughs> that's one of those things that I just I that's you know. I, Stephen King does a great job of sort of psycholo- getting into the psychology of, of people. And I think that the concept is really interesting. I just don't, and I've, it looks like it's, it's really well executed for how do you keep, you know, an audience engaged and entertained for the duration of a feature-length film with just one person sort of immobilized. Uh, I think of uh, Ryan Reynolds in Buried, of, you know, similar. Or how about Misery? Or, well, you do get around a little <laughs> bit with that, but yes, exactly. Uh, so I know he, I know Stephen King can pull that off because of just the way he just can get into people's minds and that opens up a whole world for him. And it looks like they've done a good job of translating that I just don't know if I want to put myself through that. I, it, it looks really <laughs> horrific and just not something. See, with it, I knew like, okay, you've got kids versus evil. And, you know, you have, so, I don't want to say necessarily a happy ending, but you know, sort of like good wins out in the end. And this one, I don't, I don't know how it ever, there's any, what's the light at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> this one, well, how, how does it have a, does it have a happy ending? Does it have... Or is it just like, we're going to lay bare her emotional trauma and drag you through it? And I don't know if I want to subject myself to that. <laughs> he says the morning after it. Right. Hey, but clown trauma. Clown trauma. I can't but handle good wins that. out over evil. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe Gerald's okay. Maybe, maybe she is. <laughs> maybe he survived being eaten by the dog. <laughs> maybe everything. Maybe he does wake up. It was all just a dream. Maybe it- it, this could be the best by, trailer ever. It's all a test by Jigsaw, and yeah. there's a saw oh, right there. God. She has to cut her own hand off. <laughs> well, that just made it dark. Okay, <laughs> I, uh, I, I really, I like Carla Gugino. I think she's great. I, who is Henry Thomas in this movie? Who He's is her little, father? Is, is we Elliot? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, <laughs> is he in weird. the flashback? Is that who he is? Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's very interesting. I, uh, you know, I. I look at this and it says horror thriller. If it's more thriller, I'm in. I count that as misery, you know, a thriller with horrific elements. I'm I'm okay with that. I think it I think actually this could be really interesting and I I um you know, I don't know how to how to talk about how much I'm looking forward to this movie without sounding like a complete perv, but uh I I really think that this could give Carla Cugino a, a real opportunity to stretch. Oh no! I don't no. know what's. What? That's right. Oh dear! I don't know. I'm feeling a bit punny this morning. Lucky us. <laughs> Uh, this was you mentioned uh, Jeff Howard uh, uh, was a writer on this thing, and um, I, I just have to note uh, Howard is behind the just the announced reboot of I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I don't know if that does, if that bodes well or ill. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess somebody's got to write all these reboots, right? That's right. That's anyway, right. When do I get to see well, this, Andy? I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think I do think it's going to end up being more thriller than horror. Um, but it is going to be hitting Netflix uh, September 29th. I think it's about to open at Fantastic Fest. Uh, and then it'll be 
everywhere on Netflix here in the States. Outstanding. Uh, I'm dibs on second. Go ahead. Keep taking us into the, the depths of humanity. Go ahead. Take us down. I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of this movie either. I, I, you know, I was looking for, for I, I stumbled on this trailer and I was looking for movies for our list this evening and, and, um, ended up on this, uh, Scott Cooper written and directed, uh, film called Hostiles, 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 uh, stars Christian, <laughs> I'm full of it. Called, it stars Christian Bale and Rosamund Pike and uh, uh, Peter Milan and Ben Foster and it, it Jesse Plemons is in it. I you, you gotta love Jesse Plemons Stephen Lang how can you go wrong with Stephen Lang uh, it, it's 1892 uh, a legendary army captain reluctantly agrees to escort a Cheyenne chief and his family through dangerous territory so says IMDb the trailer um, it, boy it it looks far more. Uh, there will be blood than gone with the wind. How about that? Uh, it is. Um, uh, it, it's a it dark. Um, it gives Christian Bale a, a chance to brood. Uh, it's all about the killing and uh, the the horror and the terror of going into uh, into and out. Hopefully, back out of the darkness. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I've I have grown to uh, appreciate the period even more uh, as I continue to age, and I like it when, um, you know, when folks explore this uh, in, in film. I think it could be really interesting. Scott Cooper is a, um, he, he's a uh, interesting guy, and he's behind uh, Crazy Heart and Out of the Furnace uh, and uh, Black Mass, um, uh, most recently. Um, and so uh, I think, um, uh, I, I think this looks really compelling. Uh, I don't know. Am I alone? No, I I agree. I think it looks compelling, and I'm surprised that I'm I'm looking and I have not actually seen any of Scott Cooper's films. There are these ones where I go, oh yeah, I should watch that. That sounds really interesting, or that looks really interesting, and have just never gotten around to watching any of them. But this is another one where I go, oh, this. And I think it may be perfect for a trailer rewind. This looks really good, and then people forget about it, and it's going to have to be something I rediscover. <laughs> <laughs> because of your terrible memory problems <laughs> no of just like there's other stuff that i want to see on the big screen and this is one where i, I look at this and I, but i think maybe this one might be one to get me out into theaters because of sort of the western landscapes of you know seeing that on the big screen i think that's something that yeah, definitely right. be more appealing to see you know on the big screen uh but it look it looks interesting um yeah I, it's a story that I probably really enjoy, but and Christian Bale is always, you know, yes, he's good when he's brooding. And yeah, I, I agree. The era, there's a lot of stories that we're seem to sort of can always come back to the old <laughs> West to, to tell a new story, tell a tale about America, about yeah. our country's roots, or maybe to comment on the state of our nation by reflecting on its past. Isn't it funny though? And just before, just to interject on your comment about the, you know, sort of the memorability of this film, all of these films, right? Crazy Heart, Out of the Furnace, Black Mass, and now Hostiles. I 
I have to be reminded that they're all the same director. Like when they come out, I Scott Cooper is a completely new name to me. I feel like I've never heard of him before. And yet all of these films are sort of of a piece. Andy, what do you think? It's interesting. Uh, it doesn't give me much of the story. And that's, I think, my frustration with it. Although it still is billed as a teaser. So I guess to that extent, maybe there will be a better trailer that will give me more a sense of the story. Because when I read it, it's like, okay, an army captain agrees to escort a dying Cheyenne war chief and his family back to his tribal lands. I'm like, okay, I didn't really get that at all. From no, this, it's not there at all. Teaser. No. It's, it's, and then I read about it, like Wes Studi plays this imprisoned and sickly war chief being brought home to die. It's like there's there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going on here that he's escorting. I mean, Ben Foster is a criminal he's escorting. Like there's, there's so much stuff going on in this um, that I don't get from this. So this really is a teaser and it really is just kind of setting up a mood. And I certainly like the mood. I like what Scott Cooper does. Again, I've only seen Crazy Heart uh, and black mass of his films, but I like what he, he does with, uh, with kind of the work of his films. I wasn't in love with black mass, but I still enjoyed kind of the tone and I certainly enjoyed crazy heart. I think that this looks like it will be, um, from the sound of the story, it sounds really compelling. Um, I, I just, I want to see a little bit more because it certainly teased me into wanting to see more. I just, I, now I want to see more. See, it made me want to watch Christian Bale and three ten to Yuma again. Ah, there you is go. Totally. What a movie. <laughs> you know, as you talk uh, about him escorting and all this, and I'm like, well, yeah, that story. I'm like, well, I'll watch 310 to Yuma again. I haven't seen that one in a while. Uh, this one hits, uh, opens U.S. release. Uh, well, it's not even a release yet. We don't have a full release date. It hits Telluride Film Festival September 2nd. It hit, I should say, Telluride. Yeah, Who knows when, what day it is right now? Who knows, Andy? September 2nd. Plays, plays in Toronto in two days. It does, in two days. Uh, so, as you're doing your dishes, book those tickets to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what's yours? Lighten it up. I, I will. And I picked this one partly because Andy continually reminds me that A24 consistently puts out solid films. And so when I saw that attached to this trailer, I thought, ah, okay something worth seeing. And I, I'm always looking for something that's flying under my radar. So I'm going with Ladybird. This is, as IMDb so succinctly point, puts it, the adventures of a young woman living in Northern California for a year. <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> it's like, tells I me. I feel like I didn't get that in the trailer. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a family, family drama. We've got, um, mother and daughter and you know the trials and tribulations of growing up as a teenager and it appears that i think uh we're dealing with a student in a catholic school and just you know those those conflicts of growing up uh with parents and so this has an interesting cast because we have um laurie matcalf as the mom and i'm gonna i always mispronounce this name sir 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 ronan as our as ladybird uh and this one just I guess because of where I am in my life with my teenage daughters, it just really appealed to me of just those regular situations in life that are played up for, for comedy. And, uh, but also this is uh, written and directed by Greta Gerwig. It's the first film that she's directing. So I thought this is another interesting uh, sort of aspect to this of 
you know, sort of an indie actress to helming a film to sort of see where where this takes her in her career. So it just uh, it's opening November. So sort of maybe some counter programming to all the superhero nonsense going on in November. Uh, it just I I wanted something. I guess after watching it last night, I felt like I needed something light. Where, where children are not dying and it's just, you know, parents and not being kind. yeah, yeah it, exactly. It's just, you know, parents and teenagers bickering and, and learning to live with each other. And it's uh, shot by Sam Levy, who we've had on the speakeasy. So good. Sam. Mm-hmm. I think this looks great. Um, Greta Gerwig is an actress who, you know, I, I she turned me off instantly um, because of Francis Ha. I hated that movie so much, um, but I have since found my way to really enjoy what Greta brings to the screen, particularly after seeing her in uh, 20th Century Women last year. I really, really just loved everything going on in that film. Um, and I think that um, just watching this, I feel like she's got a great sense of character and tone. Um the characters just feel so authentic and the relationship between Lady Bird and her mother uh, just, I mean, that sells this trailer for me. I just absolutely fell in love. So I can't wait for it. Me too. I found myself, I, you know, I like to laugh, but this one actually made I, you know, <laughs> laughing out loud at a trailer when no one else is around. Uh, that that delights me. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, the real <laughs> highlight for me is that Lois Smith is in it, and she's one of my That's favorite right. old ladies uh, <laughs> in the world. Like I have adored Lois Smith. The first time I saw her was in Twister, <laughs> and I have adored her ever since. And uh, so, anytime she cried, this time she's a nun. Oh, are you kidding me? I I am I am uh, I love it. And Laurie Metcalf, I should say, yeah. uh, Laurie Metcalf. When I was in college. Uh, she uh, came and and uh, I got to be a part of a uh, of an uh, intensive, an acting intensive with her, and it was uh, uh, really fun. She is an incredibly talented character actress who is um, too often uh, overlooked because of uh, you know just some of the parts she's had, but she's she is amazing. So um, really appreciate seeing her in here too. Hey, a sidetrack. Did you? Um see Marjorie Prime with Lois Smith uh, and it was kind of that sci-fi uh, project where her husband dies and and she gets it's, it felt like a, a Black Mirror episode where she gets like a, a memory version of him that she gets to uh, live with no yeah, how just, did I not see? it just came out it's new right it's yeah it's really new it just came out like uh, I think it's I think you can get it streaming now I think it came out uh, like a month or so ago no oh, that's oh. fantastic yeah yeah. Michael really uh, Almerid, yeah, Almerid. Yeah, yeah. I never get him, his name right. Yeah, he just did. Uh, uh, what did he just do? Oh, John Hamm is in it. Oh, I yeah. like old John Hamm. He's on oh, my list of uh, best friends who haven't met me just yet. Did Experimenter. That's why his name's so familiar. Yeah, this was his oh. follow-up. There we go. Wow, look yeah. at this cast: John Hamm, Gina Davis, Tim Robbins, Lois Smith. That's great. Looks really interesting. It's oh, definitely well, on my radar. Yeah, with, after seeing what he did sort of stylistically with Experimenter, I'm I'm really intrigued. I have to add this to my list. All right, there we go. That's our trailer. So what are we going to talk about next? Do we have some box office to report? Any any news? <laughs> nope. There were no, there, awesome. no, no, no movies. Nope. I, awesome. At all. There's there no, is no I, news. <laughs> I think, me. you know, <laughs> no, actually, back away from the box No one talks office. about September box office anymore. <laughs> Step no, away. No. <laughs> no, actually... 
in 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 uh, we should just say that you know after the dearth of August and just the absolutely poor box office that we had there, it is really good to see that uh, with it opening that it looks like this weekend is going to pick up quite a bit and uh, and that's at least what everyone's hoping for because the box office really needs to uh, kind of uh, find its way back to uh, to making some money again. That would be nice, wouldn't it though? Mm-mm. And I guess so far, it is uh, doing better than Deadpool did. I think it was the same weekend as far as its uh, Thursday previews. So it might be a great weekend. Yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll be interesting right. to see because as Pete and I discussed, you know, Stephen King ad- adaptations don't, you know, do particularly well, uh, you know, in terms of quality. I think it'll be interesting to compare this to other you know, King films to see how they did. And I think, you know, sort of looking at some numbers, it's interesting, even films that have become sort of like classics, like Misery, I think took a while to maybe find their audience. Cause I think of that, you know, expectation, oh, it's a Stephen King adaptation. It's going to be okay. And I think now that we've got maybe a little bit more momentum behind you know, some quality films of his that we've seen that there's a little bit more trust that, his books can be adapted into successful films. So I'll I'll be interested to sort of see how it holds up on some of the other films that, you know, have been sort of those top performers. I think even like, uh, you know, classics like Shawshank Redemption didn't find their audience in the theater. It was always like home video later on that these things sort of became and obtained their reputation. Of course, I think some of the most successful ones tend to be the ones that don't focus so much on the horror aspect. When you think of like Shawshank and, um, Green Mile, uh, the sta- uh, Stand By Me, you know, they, they don't have that, you know, they're not the typical, you know, supernatural horror film. So I'm kind of curious to see where it falls. And I think hopefully because of the, uh, like I said, the, the great kid aspect of the story that maybe that's going to get some good word of mouth and, and get some, some butts in seats to, to see this thing this weekend. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll make some time, Steve, but only for you. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Shall we, uh, <laughs> shall we jump into the list? Let's do it. Let's Last, do it, uh, this we just Yay. talked about uh, Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country, uh, a story about a it's kind of a whodunit assassination plot, and so we're talking assassination films right now. Right now, so three picks. Um, I did throw a little uh, twist in it, throwing out a few different uh, directions, I guess you could say, for assassination films: political, corporate, uh, religious, or any other types of assassination films. Just trying to vary it a little bit because I know when I in- did my list initially, it all ended up being political assassinations. See, I I think I may have screwed up. <laughs> well, we'll see. I may I may have broken broken the rules. So uh, we'll, we'll. That's see. why we make rules uh, I, to okay. break them. Yeah. I feel <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. Um, I I'm going to go first because uh, it's it's a, a delightful film that I am opening with, and I don't actually know how I would categorize it. Uh, m- mostly, it's the film that closely resembles assassination films because assassination <laughs> is in the title. How about that? It is, of course. I've mentioned it before, one of my favorites often overlooked, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Uh, And I adore this movie, but it is not corporate. 
Uh, it is not necessarily political, <laughs> and there's the sure hell no religion in there. I guess maybe maybe it's 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 a business assassination, but certainly uh, the turn of uh, Casey Affleck uh, and and the final the assassination of of Brad Pitt uh, is is one of the great Western moments. So great, in fact, that it is only made better by uh, the assassination of Yogi Bear by the coward uh, Boo Boo. My favorite sequel. <laughs> you tell me you've seen that right i've posted that we've talked about yes, it right? i, I okay. believe i have all right it's delightful i really enjoy this film that's a great pick i actually threw i had that in my head too and i was like where would that fit and i was trying to figure it out i'm like i guess you could call it a a criminal assassination i mean right? he does it for the money um and i guess that's i guess in the old west when you know dead or alive that was a type of assassination that was more prevalent than it is today right. you don't really have <laughs> right bring him in dead or alive Go on, There's, Sheriff Joe. That's there, you're you're just like oh now oh too soon <laughs> way too soon. Uh, you're you're just lucky that I I managed to toss my long list of character assassination films. That was going to make this a oh. long. Weekend. <laughs> uh, okay, so in 2009, Tony Gilroy wrote and directed a film about corporate assassination, and this is actually about the assassination of a corporation. So we've got Clive Owen and Julia Roberts. And if you like your films with smart plotting and smart dialogue, you need to watch Duplicity. Brilliant oh, film. Brilliant, brilliant film. Adore that film. I'm going to I'm gonna tag on to that one because I have another corporate assassination by the same team, and that's Michael Clayton. Oh, and yes. And there's a brilliant assassination Excellent. done in that one uh, because of somebody involved in the corporation who is actually... Uh, kind of gone a little crazy and might be spilling the beans and uh, and yes. uh, just the the brilliance of that script just really kind of um, I don't know just took me and I absolutely loved everything that that Clooney was doing in there Tom Wilkinson was great as the one who kind of you know <laughs> his brain changes and he kind of is is uh, looking at spilling the beans Tilda Swinton though I for me just really kind of oh stole gosh. the stole the yeah. film as the one who's making these decisions about these assassinations and the way that that end scene hits uh, I just I couldn't get uh, over it it's just brilliant film so that's my uh, that's my corporate assassination film oh that's a great pick uh, I uh, I'm I, I'm moving to political assassination uh, which is uh, of, I think probably going to surprise you both given how I feel about. Uh, our uh, protagonist here. Uh, I'm talking about JFK, uh, Oliver Stone's oh. 1991 film. And it's A, because obviously it's about the assassination of JFK and the, the investigation of it, uh, but also because it's kind of a double assassination. And I think we can't um, sell the good Brian Doyle Murray short as uh, uh, his brief performance as Jack Ruby in this film. And it's it was... Um, oh, I forgot he was in that. Really fun. Oh. And, and, and everybody, every, well, that. everybody is in this movie. Everybody is in this movie. Uh, even my but mom. Even <laughs> was in this movie. Is Lois in this movie? Uh, anyway, uh, I, I really uh, this this is a movie that it, that's funny. Even you know, I'm I'm able to look past old uh, my friend old two by four uh, because there's a lot of good stuff going on in this movie. So there there you go, JFK. Great choice. Really great. Yeah, that's a solid one. Okay, so I also have a political assassination. Uh, and, you know, the best way to train an assassin is to start them off very young. So I'm coming back to Sushi Ronin with uh, Hannah, 
which is, uh, you know, she is, uh, her father is an ex-CIA agent. He's training her from like the age of five or something to be this assassin to go after basically the head of the operation that he has has fled from. So we've got uh, sort of the young assassin on the run and also has uh, Kate Blanchett as sort of the... Uh, the big bad in this one. And it was one that I think sort of flew under the radar, but I had a great time with it. And it's uh, something that's, I think, a different take on sort of the assassination film when you have a young female assassin. Such an interesting film. A lot of great visuals throughout that film. I really A lot of great visuals. I, I, I haven't actually seen it. I, I've, I've seen the trailer a whole bunch, but I did read up on it a little bit. And I it, there was a comment that it's a fascinating film because apparently there's a lot of killing, but not any specifically any assassinations. Is that true? That she is trained as an assassin, but she doesn't as- actually assassinate anybody? Well, I don't know. I guess that's... Yeah, it, well, there's a lot of killing, and I, you know, there's the person she's, you know, on a quest to go after. So, yeah, I, there's sort of an assassination theme. I mean, it's it's a perfect film to sit down and watch with your daughter. You know, as a, <laughs> as a terrific <laughs> parent that everybody movie. knows I am. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, my political uh, uh, assassination film is uh, this. Really took me by surprise at how much I loved it, especially on repeat viewings. It's Brian Singer's 2008 film Valkyrie about the attempted assassination of Adolf Hitler. Um, Operation Valkyrie was an interesting um, thing that I knew nothing about, and so I walked into this film a little reticent about Tom Cruise um, playing a German, but with you know. Uh, a cast full of Americans and British people and other European uh, backgrounds kind of playing all these different Germans. It really didn't end up bothering me. And I was just mesmerized by the story. I was mesmerized by the intensity at which uh, kind of this, this plot unfolds. Um, absolutely fascinating film. And I definitely would recommend it to people to check out because it's a really interesting bit in history. And and watching a failed assassination attempt really kind of was uh, it was pretty powerful. So that's my uh, number two. I think that one was is overlooked on too many lists, too. I think that's a great pick. Absolutely. Uh, my final pick uh, is another that is too often lampooned, the series at least. I am all about the pulpiness of it, though, and I'm doing this in honor of, uh, of Andy as well. It is, yes, a Tom Hanks film. The Da Vinci Code. Talk about religious assassination. This is downright vat assassination. Uh, Paul Bettany's Silas the Thug uh, is a terrific character. Uh, he's just a terrific character. And I actually think the, um, the his uh, on-screen portrayal that when he's, you know, he's putting the, the chains on his leg and cutting himself. I mean, he's just a hauntingly terrible and terrifying character. And um, uh, as in his role as as a thug for the church, I think he he is uh, really great. And I I am I think these films are a rollicking good time. I have intentionally not seen Inferno yet. I'm going to. Ugh, I, know. I, I know. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> know. If you want to put yourself through something, you know, horrible, go see it, you know, to terrify yourself. Don't <laughs> don't give yourself a nightmare from just a, an atrocious film. That's why I intentionally am going back to basics here and sticking with the Da Vinci Code. So there you go. There you 2006. Go. Old Ronnie. OK, well, I, I'm going in a completely different direction. I, I, I'm the I got to keep things light here. So I'm I'm going with a, sort of a. <laughs> Domestic seems light like church assassination uh, film. Uh, yes, yeah. so I'm going with a domestic assassination comedy 
Because once you move out of your hometown, it's hard to go back. And that's the lesson that Martin Blank learns in Gross Point Blank. John Cusack, you know, leaves town, becomes an assassin and has a job that happens to coincide with his 10th high school reunion. Uh, Just such a great film. Dan Aykroyd. Uh, as sort of his uh, antagonist in this, the other assassin going for the job. So you've got Martin there struggling to sort of try to fit back in, reconnect with his ex-girlfriend that he bailed out on at prom, um, Mini Driver, just such a fun film. But you also have the assassination theme in there as he's he's trying to pull off a job. That's a great pick. I can't That's believe I didn't think that. such a fun movie. I haven't seen it in ages, uh, but... I had such a crush on Mini Driver at the time, and so that was definitely an easy watch for me. Totally. Well, my uh, final pick, gents, um, this is one I I actually couldn't end up classifying in any of my things. Um, I'm not exactly sure what type of assassination film it is. Maybe you can help me. Uh, This kind of falls with Pete as far as his assassination of Jesse James. Um, It's The Terminator. We have a fantastic, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a cyborg assassin who is sent back in time to to kill the leader of the resistance. I guess it's political if you can call a, a robot army um, political. Yeah, maybe it's just a <laughs> a military assassination. I guess might be a better way to describe it. But I mean, this just I, I remember this film just captivated me the moment I saw it, and uh, just completely um, just everything about it was perfect. Um, I can watch this film very easily. And I love that despite many um, problems that the franchise has subsequently had, I love that it is a continuous battle uh, through time for, uh, for these, uh, the, the machines to assassinate the people that would uh, be their resistance. I think it's a really fascinating uh, way to kind of continue this story. So that's my number one pick. Oh, I think that's a fine pick. Oh, that was I'll, on my I'll list. Didn't make the I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess military assassination is what it would fall under, right? Yeah, sure. yeah, I think that's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's not I'm, I'm actually, but... I'm surprised nobody picked John Wick. I mean, wh- that is oh, the well, ultimate meta assassination. <laughs> it's an assassin assassination film. Oh, we can go through everything <laughs> that didn't make the cut in there. I mean, that's another 20 minutes. My, yeah, yeah my list is yeah. awfully long. <laughs> so many good some, options there, here. There are some great options here. Yes. Um, Andy, what is the, what, do you have some ideas for the list next week? Um, boy, that's a good, uh, good question. We're going to really have to stew on that one. Uh, let's see. Star Trek Generations. It's the crossover movie. Uh, we could do, um, you know, movies with new cast members, something like that. Like, uh, movies with new, what does that mean? Well, it's like, you've got Batman, but then you've got Christian Bale's Batman and you, you, you know, you got Ben Affleck's Batman. So you've got different people taking the helm of a franchise. I don't know if that's something worth I actually, I think that would be better for when we talk about the 2009 reboot of Star Trek, because then you actually have have that's a real handover. We should do something involving uh, heaven or, you know, the uh, afterlife. The the afterlife. Or ribbons, films about ribbons. ribbons. (laughs) Yes, there you go. That's that's a big list. Films with Malcolm McDowell as a crazy villain. I mean, (laughs) what? Uh, films that play with time, right? Oh, or films that yeah, play yeah, with yeah. like time travel, like ab- abs- absurd takes on time travel. Uh, yeah, that could that uh, could be good. Okay, so yeah. we're not going to commit to anything. Is that what you're saying? I, no, I like the time. Let's go with time travel. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Is there? Is it just any time travel movies, or do you have any? Uh, do you? He'll, he'll come up with four or five rules. You got some rules. Yeah, I'll, I'll have rules at some point. At this point, <laughs> okay. I think we'll time travel time will travel. be will be a fine one for now. Time travel, it is. Yeah. I I look forward to that. Time travel movies. Very much looking forward to time travel movies. Yes, that's right. So is everybody at the ballpark. Hey, uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, uh, supporting us on Patreon. Uh, to uh, We sure appreciate your help and support uh, in uh, keeping this uh, podcast network alive. And um, uh, we, uh, will, uh, we're thinking about you as we do these shows every single Saturday morning. Anything you guys have going on this week? Nothing exciting. Uh, movies you're going to no, see? I think I think Brazil is playing at the Alamo Draft House, uh, so I yeah. might go see that on Friday. Oh, good for you! And, good uh, for you. JJ and I are going to sit down and record a trailer rewind. Uh, it's an Andy pick, uh, Little Sister. So we'll be getting that out soon. Oh, oh great! Oh, very exciting! Did you guys do well, the invitation? Because I I just watched that because I saw it on the list of potentials, and I completely loved it. And I really wanted to hear JJ's take. <laughs> I decided to give him a break because it seemed like we'd been beaten up on him a lot and dragged him through a really tough beginning of the year. I said, "Well, we'll we needed to lighten it up a little bit." So uh, we, I, I shifted some things around because I. <laughs> We hit a really rough beginning of the year. It was like, let's scare the pants off JJ, was I think the motif for the first six months of the film board, right. pretty much. So we, I, I felt like he needed, he needed a break every once in a while. So no, but the oh, invitation is kind out. of you. Uh, yeah. That's very kind. Well, all right. So that's our week going ahead. If you guys have had your kids in school for a long time. Mine just started this week. So I am very excited to have some, uh, some daytime uh, movie time. Uh, but uh, again, so this is it. I got a lot of catch up to do. Um, so anyhow, thanks everybody for downloading, listening. We'll see you um, on the regular shows this week. See you. Bye guys. All right. Andy, according to my friend internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.